Welcome to Strong, Black, and Sad Sometimes. I am your host, Kayla Shea, and I have a very special episode planned for you today. I have here Joy Joy Larkin, who will be giving us some insight about narcissistic abuse and how to overcome it. Joy, go ahead and tell the audience a little about yourself. Yes, thank you so much for that. Um, Yes, so my name is Joy. I am 31 years old. I am a native of Delaware. Um, I moved to Los Angeles when I was 17 years old. Um, After I left Los Angeles when I was 28, and then I went to spend some time in Jamaica for about three months, came back to the States, um, continued to work, and um, I lived in Florida for six months, uh, worked in um, Georgia for a few months, uh, South Carolina, but currently I am in Rockford, Illinois. Um, I have been dealing with narcissists since 2010, and since 2016, I have been helping people overcome narcissistic abuse. That's awesome. Yes. Um, So we're going to jump into the interview. Mm -hmm. My first question is for the listeners so they can get a feel of what we're actually talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, What exactly is narcissistic abuse? Yes. So it's basically when you're in a relationship um, with a partner who has a personality disorder um, and they act in ways and they behave in a way in which is toxic, it's harmful and it's dangerous to be around. And it can have a very negative effect on an individual um, short term and long term and as well as their mental health also. Okay, so could someone also be friends with a narcissist and it has the same effect? Uh, Yes, because being around a narcissist is contagious. Um, Usually they like to make other people into themselves. Um, So, yes, it can have the similar effect just even being a friend with a narcissist. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what are some ways one can identify a narcissist? Yes. Great question. So um, basically um, you would tell if you're dealing with a narcissist is like a person may have a sense of entitlement, like in your life and over other lives as well, other people in their life. Um, Mm -hmm. This person also will blame you for everything. They never really take responsibility um, for their actions in a relationship or accountability. Um, This person is also very controlling, very manipulative and deceptive um, in their interactions with others. Um, They also have a sense of superiority over others as well. They feel like they deserve everything over others and they feel like they look down on others, people, right? They feel like people are beneath them. And um, this person also lacks um, the ability to love. Um, They don't have empathy for others. And this person also always needs constant attention, constant praise and admiration from others constantly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds pretty dangerous. Yes, it is very much. Yes. So what are some signs of narcissistic abuse? Yes. So um, you can recognize uh, narcissistic abuse, usually um, gaslighting, It's pretty much when a person, they will make you question your own reality. They will make you doubt your intuition, um, doubt your own judgment. Um, They'll also give you a silent treatment, which they, um, narcissists use this to control their victims. um, And they pretty much get you to conform to their their needs and their wants. And they also, um, another sign would be stonewalling, which they would refuse to address your concerns. Um, They'll kind of delay an ending. They'll block 
um, requests or things that you need to get done or they refuse to answer questions. Um, and they'll be very evasive, you know, with replies and, and or they'll refuse to communicate or cooper cooperate in a situation. So. Okay. I think myself and anyone who will listen to this probably is starting to realize that we've had some narcissists in our lives. Yes. Um, I know a little bit about narcissistic personality disorder mm -hmm. and I I can recognize it in a lot of people in my life. Mm -hmm. I seem to attract narcissists. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting how even though these people are vastly different, those same little abusive tendencies are the same across the board. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So would you like to share your experience with it? Yes, sure. Um, so again, like I was mentioning earlier, I have been dealing with narcissists since 2010. So as I said, I'm a native of Delaware. I moved to California when I was 17. And while living with my aunt, I had no clue that she was a narcissist. But I found out after the fact, which is how a lot of us, you know, are us victims, we find out way after everything happens, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, it started back in 2010 and it lasted um, for about five years. That's when I decided to move away from her. Um, I didn't realize I was trying to go no contact with her at the time, which is what I always recommend people going no contact and blocking out any communication with the narcissist. And um, yeah. That's really interesting. So what was this impact that it had on your life? Like how, how did it feel living with her and what types of things did you use to go through? Oh my God. Um, the impact, ooh, it just made me feel worthless. I felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt like any and everything that my aunt criticized me for, I just felt less than. I felt like I couldn't do anything right. And I, it made me have a low self-esteem. I didn't feel good about myself. I felt ugly. I know it sounds weird, but um, that's just how I felt, um, even with a family member. But with the guy that I was dealing with, um, same thing. I, I just felt like um, the person that he chose over me was better than me. I felt like I was lacking something. And I also felt like maybe I should have done something better in order to get that person to stay. Um, but definitely it affected me in a way that I never experienced before in my life. And it's still, it's left a scar on me, honestly. It's Something yeah. that I've eventually gotten over, but it's still always a memory that it just makes me kind of squirm a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah. I just like, uh. yeah. I know exactly what yeah. you mean. So. so what was the like event that made you decide, okay, it's time for me to move out. I need to get away, uh, away from her. Well, there were several events, um, just of how so how controlling she was over my life and what she wanted me to do with my life. You know, we're separate individuals, so it's like you can't control someone, you know. Um, but when I was kind of like letting her know that um, I wanted to pursue a certain goal in a dream and, you know, she was really against it. She was not supportive at all. Um, was very negative. Um, and, and I was trying to improve my life. It wasn't like I was going out trying to be a stripper and nothing against her because yeah. I have friends that are that. But it was just more so I was really trying to do the best that I could with, with the knowledge that I had. I was super young. Like right now I'm 31, but at the time I was like 21, 22, 23, around that age. 
And, you know, I was just mm-hmm. trying to figure life out. Like, no one knows all the answers, you know, and just how critical she was of me. And she was just like, oh, no, I don't think she, you should do that. You should just stay and live with me. Like, don't move out. And um, I was going to college around the time. And thank goodness the college was a lot further from her house. So I was like, oh, well, um, I want to move to um, a city that's closer to the school. So that way I don't have to do the long commute, you know. He was like, oh, well, you could just stay here. Like, don't worry about the traffic. It's not that big of a deal. She's like, are you sure you want to do that? I was like, yes, I'm sure. (laughs) You know, so I didn't realize that I was trying to get away. But um, yeah, just like how she made me feel so insecure. She was just against me, you know, plotting against my demise. You know, like she was trying to see me come back to her eventually. She didn't want me to move away from her. She didn't want me to stop like relying on her for stuff, you know, so. Yeah, I I just knew that it was time for me to go. And then how she would always compare herself to me and just, I don't know, I just felt like I was being tortured. (laughs) I I always felt like I was being judged, overly criticized all the time. It was just, it was a lot. So, So how did you change the situation? Are you no longer in contact with her? Yes, I have been no contact with her since 2015. And that was so hard to do. Cause you know how like we kind of grew up. I don't know if you feel the same way, but like they say, family is everything. Like you owe everything to your family. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I felt bad like going no contact with her because she had really helped me in a way. Because one of the things that I didn't share was the whole reason why I moved to California was because um, my brother actually got murdered um, when I was in living in Delaware. I was really young. And she, what's crazy is that my aunt actually went to my my brother's funeral. She actually flew, flew all the way from California to Delaware. And Delaware, you know, it's near like New Jersey, Philadelphia area. Yeah. And so, yeah, and I was thinking like, okay, like that was very nice of her. You know, she's supportive and all that stuff. So I was thinking like, okay, I really have a support system. I have, um, you know, a legal guardian. I was still like literally underage. But, you know, once I moved to California and I'm living and I'm just trying to improve my life, I'm just trying to do the best that I can. And it's just she's against it. And I'm just like, dude, what's what's your problem? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So I just I didn't yeah. understand it. And when I went no contact with her, it really hurt me because at the end of the day, I realized like she really did not love me. She did not care for me at all. And even after everything that I've been through with losing my brother, she had no remorse, no empathy, nothing, no love at all so that was hurtful wow i'm well, I'm sorry for your yeah. loss thank first you of all. um so is it common for narcissists to seem to show empathy or to seem like they care at first when they when they're pulling you in and then to you know change yes places? that is a great question um they call it the um grooming stage as well as the love bombing stage which is basically when they, they give you anything and everything right they show you a whole lot of attention show you a lot of love a lot of admiration they put you on a pedestal they idolize you and make it seem like you can do no wrong right Um, But essentially, they're actually setting you up for failure because nobody is perfect. So you're going to mess up. And then when you mess up, they blame you for it. Right. You're you're at fault. You're the problem. You're 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 wrong, you know. And so, um, yeah, literally with my aunt and um, the guy that I dealt with, same thing with my aunt, you know, I remember the first year when I was in California, I literally got any and everything that I wanted. I we went to restaurants. We traveled a lot to like Vegas and 
you know, just was very spoiled. Like Christmas um, time, I remember I would get lots of gifts and, you know, we, we just have a good time. And I really felt loved. I felt accepted. I was like, okay, I have a home. Um, you know what I mean? And even on my birthdays, I remember she would bake me cakes and it was nice. And even with the guy that I yeah. dealt with, um, I remember when I first met him and we would go out on dates, he'd hold my hand and like, you know, he, we would just cuddle with each other. And I, I was like in love in that time. And I, and I remember too, when we would go to like restaurants and stuff, how he would just look at me, like how he would stare at me. And at first I thought that that was him showing me love. But when later on, I realized that he was just trying to fill me out to see, you know, how he would be able to abuse me, which is actually scary when you think about it, right? Yeah. Like when somebody's looking into your eyes like that, you're like, oh, they're really interested in me. They really like me. Right. But not with the narcissist. They're just trying to they're like, OK, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get you. Like it's it's a weird feeling. But yeah. Yeah. So how are you doing now? Like, how do you do you still struggle with narcissistic abuse? Um, No, not really. I, I think what I struggle with. The main thing is just the aftermath of it all, the after effects, um, just of the, tr the trauma. I definitely, not all the time, I guess it's just the flashbacks. You know, I, I just reminisce about it. Yeah. I've moved on from my aunt. I moved on from the guy that I dealt with. I actually met a borderline too. Um, that's also um, a personality disorder as well, similar to a narcissist. Um, but I've moved on. I don't have any um, thoughts of wanting to go back or reach out to my aunt or reach out to the narcissist or the borderline. Um, I've definitely grown and I've changed for the better. But I guess it's just the um, the the reminiscing and the memories of it all. It, and it's not a good reminisce. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I went through that traumatic experience. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. So what helped you to like move on? What what was difficult about moving on? Like how did you find yourself in this happy place now? Well, that's a beautiful question. Um I realized that I deserved better and I wasn't getting what I felt like I deserved, right? I just knew that there was yeah. a relationship out there or there was a person out there with the meaning the guy that I was dealing with that could treat me better than what he was treating me right like I didn't deserve to be a side chick because essentially you know when I first met him he lied and said that he was didn't have a girlfriend he said he was single and it turned out he wasn't single so being naive around the time I was 21 I was thinking like oh he's gonna leave his girlfriend for me and no guys don't do that <laughs> right and so yeah. he was trying to get me to fall in line and just do what he wanted me to do and I turned him down and so I guess he was basically plotting against me, you know, because he's like, oh, you're going to turn me down. And it turned out um, in the end, um, he was future faking me because he had, had a new girlfriend. Right. He was someone else, but he didn't yeah. tell me. And so, um, yeah, I found out via social media and I was just I was over it. I was like, you know what? I deserve better. Um, I'm more than this. And, you know, it's, it's a downgrade because I knew I had a lot to offer. I knew that. I brought a lot to the table and I knew that there was someone else out there that was going to love me and respect me and my boundaries. Now, in terms of my aunt, I just realized that I know like when you're and this is not for all families, but in my mind, I would think if you are around your family, you're supposed to feel good. Right. 
a healthy um, family dynamic. You are not supposed to feel bad. You're not supposed to feel sad and upset after you leave, um, you know, the environment that you with with your family. And I remember just always feeling low and sad. And I felt like, again, that I wasn't good enough. And I was just tired of it. I was like, I have to have, even if it's not my blood family, at least on my dad's side, I have to find people that help, that support me, that encourage me, that inspire me, that motivate me, and that really are there for me. I I don't need family members that are toxic and against me and, you know, negative, you know what I mean? And I I was just like, I deserve better, you know, just knowing my worth and understanding um, that this is not how my life is supposed to be. So I decided to move on. I was done with it. So yeah, most definitely. I I <laughs> love you. that. Um, kudos to you. Thank you. So you mentioned borderline personality yeah. disorder, and that <laughs> caught my attention because that's something that I think that I might have. I've been talking to my psychiatrist mm-hmm. about it. Um, and one thing about borderline personality disorder and narcissistic personality disorder is that they're basically two sides of the same coin. And they usually attract mm-hmm. each other in life. Um, so what are your views on that? Do you think that someone with borderline personality disorder is always going to find a narcissist? Or do you think it depends on how healed Yeah, I are? think it depends on how healed the um, the borderline is. Because um, in my experience, the borderline that I dealt with, he was able to love. He had empathy. But his only thing was that he feared abandonment. Like he um, was abandoned by both of his parents and he felt like he was the blame and he would punish himself. You know, he would literally like cut himself and hurt himself. And he was just always so angry. Like, and he, I remember like, cause I met him at work and I thought he was the most handsome guy ever. (laughs) And um, (laughs) yeah. But one of the things that I noticed was, he just had like outbursts, like random outbursts. Like he always had a temper. He'd always talk about how his ex used to hurt him. And that made me feel some kind of way. Cause I'm sitting here like, are you over your ex? <laughs> like, why are you still talking yeah. about them? Um, but it, he always, it was like, he didn't want me to talk to anybody else. He was super like possessive and wanted me to get attached to him like quickly. And the other thing that I should have seen as a red flag um, was that he wanted to move in with me super quick, you know? So mm. yeah, I should have known better, but that's what I feel like, um, is the difference between a narc and a borderline. But yeah, in, in terms you said you may have, um, borderline personality disorder, you could attract a narc if you haven't fully healed. Um, so yeah, you just want to be mindful of that. So Yeah. yeah. So do you have um, any advice for the listeners? Yes. um, The advice would be, um, and I guess what I would tell my younger self and anyone else listening would be that your past does not define you. No one is perfect. It's okay to make mistakes in life. And not everyone is like you. That's what I would say. In addition to that, I would also say you are not alone and don't be afraid to ask for help. That's, yeah, most definitely. Um, when do you think a listener should seek help from a narcissistic relationship? That's a beautiful question to ask. Um, I think that they should seek help when it becomes unbearable to, you know, function in that environment. Um, when you find yourself 
crying all the time and worried and stressed out over this person. Um, you know, and yeah, this, you they should seek help when they feel that this person this person can harm them in any way. You know, um, when their life is in danger. You know what I mean? I definitely yeah. feel like that's when they should seek help. Or even before that, like they should really like listen to their intuition and see the signs. And I, I know it's it's kind of hard because some of us we want maybe want that particular person, so it's hard for us to move on. It's hard for us to start over. So we may ignore it just for the sake of the relationship. But if you see a sign like maybe a person is, you know abusive or they're belittling you or they're making you feel like you're crazy and you know that you're not or they're giving you silent treatment in a way of trying to punish you definitely i would try to seek help because it's not going to get any better from there it's only going to continue to get worse and it's going to be toxic and it's going to end yeah. but you want to make sure it ends in a way where you're not hurt you know what i mean you want to in the beginning well, so yeah Okay, yeah, I, that's great advice. Yeah. Honestly, I'm gonna have to take note of that when I'm re-listening yes, to this absolutely. episode. Um, so, what are you up to now? Yeah, so um, now I actually um, I do help people overcome narcissistic abuse. Um, like I said, I, I have um, a website and I also have a YouTube channel where I talk about. Um, narcissists and how to, um, you know, identify them. So how people can understand them and be aware of the things that, um, you know, they could experience while in a relationship with a narcissist. And I also have um, a 90 day coaching program, which I guide my clients on how to overcome narcissistic abuse. Okay, tell us your website and YouTube. I wanted to make sure the yes, uh, absolutely. Get um, the website is www.livenarcfree.com. So that's L I B E N A R C F R E E dot com, and that's the same um, with YouTube. So youtube.com slash livenarcfree. So I'm most definitely yes, absolutely. And I'm going to do the same to you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So how has it been helping others? How has that affected your Ooh, that's process? a great question. That has really been the key to my healing because to be honest with you, before I started like, you know, helping people with overcoming narcissistic abuse, I was hurt. I was ashamed. I was just lost. I didn't I, I was humiliated. I didn't even know like what to think or what to do. Um, but I remember when I posted yeah. a video on YouTube called The Narcissist Has a New Girlfriend and a New Supply, um, that video got about, I think it was like 10,000 views within like a two week period. And it had like 60 comments with people saying like, thank you, Joy, for sharing your story. You've helped me heal. Um, thank you so much. It, you know, thank you for being brave and strong to share your experience. And I was like, OK, I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's helped me so much. And I'm just happy to be able to be of service and help others because I used to be so angry with God. Like I'm not a Christian or a Muslim or anything like that, but I, I love God. I have a beautiful relationship with him. Like I talk to him every day, and every night. And it's just like, I used to talk to God. I'd be like, why God did I have to go through this? Why me? 
And now I realize why, because I'm supposed to help other people overcome what I've been through. So it makes sense now. Because <laughs> at first I'm like, God, why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So much. That's beautiful. I'm really, I'm really glad you're in a better place, and I'm really glad you're healing and helping others. That's, that's something that mm-hmm. I aspire to do because I've been mm-hmm. through a lot of hurt in my life, and um, I went through a long period of mm-hmm. questioning God as well and wondering why did I have to experience so much pain at such a young age? Oh, wow. You know, I'm only 22, and I feel like I've experienced more pain. And people in their 40s have experience and it's not to compare hurts but it's just like why did my why right. did my youth have to be like this and I've started this podcast and it feels like it's making a difference from the few people who give me feedback mm-hmm. I appreciate those people because I just want to make a difference for someone you know and it really makes me feel better and it lets me know that there is a reason Yes, I always feel like there's no coincidence. There's no mistakes. It's like, it's a lesson. It's like even us meeting narcissists or borderlines or sociopaths, it's all for a reason. It's for us to learn a lesson in life. I always feel like life is a school and we're always learning. And that's, that's just that's what it is. Mean. And I'm like, God, please help my lessons to be easy, please. <laughs> Because I'm like you, I, like um, like I said, I was young, like when I went through the um, like losing my brother, and I lost some good friend. Well, I don't not I don't know if I'll say good, but like friends, um, one friend of ten years, and you know she was upset that I moved, and I'm like, well, if I wouldn't have left, I don't know what would have happened. You know what I mean? And so just dealing with all that and. I still think about my brother from time to time. I reminisce about him all the time and it still makes me sad. And even the relationship that I have with my mom is it's never going to be the same. You know, she's pretty, she had like a nervous breakdown after all that occurred. You know what I mean? And same with my dad. And, you know, to me, like even when I'm around him, he, I, I always feel like he feels a sense of like he let, himself down or he disappointed in himself or he maybe he feels like he didn't do all he, that he could have done you know so that hurts me from time to time but I realized yeah. that at the end of the day we're all on our our journeys and we're learning lessons and we're living and no one's perfect again um but we just have to continue moving on and pressing on and just trusting and having faith in God that everything is okay so yeah yes most definitely you you yeah. said a word there. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yes. So that wraps up our interview. And I I really enjoyed having you. I've learned a lot and I hope yes, the indeed. listeners have learned a lot. Um Thank you so much for reaching out to come on the show. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thank that. you for having me. It's um, definitely a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. And I hope that it can help as many people as possible. And, you know, don't be afraid to reach out. I love to help anyone that's listening to this. Um, you are not alone. So, yeah. Yeah. And today's call to action for the listeners is to check out your website and information and to also reflect on the information shared in this episode today. Um, I want people to really reflect and just to think about their lives and maybe, you know, are they hurting someone? Are they being hurt? Whatever it is that they need to reflect on, I hope that they can with the information that was presented today. Um, As always, I want everyone to have a good week and thank you guys for listening. Bye.
You just heard my interview with Joy Larkin about narcissistic abuse. I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm so sorry I missed an episode last week. I really hate that. Um, and this episode was supposed to come out a little bit earlier, but, you know, technical difficulties. Um, I have two more episodes planned for you guys this season, and then I'll be taking a break for, I'm not sure, maybe a month or so. Um, I love doing this podcast, but planning and recording episodes and taking out the time to do that is a lot of work sometimes. So hopefully I'll be back in January, but it might be February. Anyway, thank you guys for supporting me. I truly appreciate it. I just started this podcast in October and I have over 200 views or listens all together. And that's pretty exciting to me. It may not be that much to someone else, but it's a lot to me. And yeah, I just wanted to come on here and be all mushy and stuff and just say how much I love and appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening and please tell people about my podcast. Thank you.